Hi, y'all. Welcome back to the Evolve podcast. My name is Sasha Indrianova, and I'm so excited to have you all here with me today. Today, I'm speaking with Mel Carbutia, who is a matriarch, a wife, a space holder, a healer, a conscious wellness entrepreneur. She is an amazing person, and we met through the Awakened Breath Facilitator training. If you are interested in becoming a breathwork facilitator, or if you're interested in maybe going on a breathwork retreat, seeing the power of breathwork, I highly recommend looking at awakenedbreath.com. I am a coach for Awakened Breath, as well as their director of operations. Amazing place and amazing team led by Ben Holt. But all that aside, uh, we started talking before I hit record. And I had mentioned to Mel that with the full moon having been last week, the 26th of November, there's been a lot of clarity that's come into my life. And one moment of clarity I had on Monday was that an insight dropped in during my meditation about a specific pattern that I continued to perpetuate. And Mel was like, oh, what's the pattern? And so I was like, you know what, let's hit record. I'm sure there's going to be something interesting in here. So. You are listening to us just drop into conversation right away and then continue on with a really dynamic and diverse conversation. A lot about Mel's journey, what's present for her now. We talk all things from plant medicine ceremonies to changing your path, navigating, pivoting, being present, cultivating awareness and believing in yourself. This conversation is a pattern interrupt. It's a new way of thinking. And so I'm really excited for you all to drop in. Without further ado, let's drop you into the conversation. Yeah, why not? Yes, the spirit dropped me with something on Monday morning in my meditation. I have a pattern of falling for emotionally unavailable people. And right now I'm, I have two people in my life exploring two connections. I'm very grateful for that. And one of them is a lot more un emotionally unavailable than the other. And I saw that about a month back. And so my highest self was like friends. But I've been being friends with him. This is what spirit dropped in. It's like you're being friends with him under the guise that he's hopefully going to fall in love with you and fall for you. And you'll still get around this emotionally unavailable thing. And yeah. I was like, oh, no, I can't keep playing this game of I'm your friend. But I show up to our hangouts looking all pretty. And then there's a kiss here and there. And I, I'm like, I can't keep doing that to myself. And as soon as I see the pattern of... I, I saw the pattern. It's like, hey, it's another emotionally unavailable person that you're falling for. And you're not fooling anyone. You're not even fooling yourself anymore. You're still trying to win them over. And if you keep doing this, you are just perpetuating your pattern. And so it was like one of those things that I couldn't unsee. And I was like, oh my God, I need to distance myself from this person because I am just perpetuating this pattern and I need to honor that this is a friendship and remove emotional attachment, like cut the emotional cord out of it. And mm -hmm. so I was sitting with that like, oh no, like I did it again. He has a pattern that he's scared of emotional vulnerability because of a past relationship. And so he's kind of drawing me in a little bit, but keeping me at bay. He doesn't mean to hurt me. I don't mean to be falling for emotionally unavailable people. It's just the patterns that we've learned. But as soon as I see the pattern, I have to interrupt it. Like, Otherwise, I just can't keep doing that to myself. And so it was this full moon clarity of like, this is a person that you need to distance from right now until you can actually honor the friendship and not the emotional connection that you feel to this person. 
And so spirit dropped that in on Monday. And I was just so frustrated with myself. I'm like, again, again, are you kidding me? But it was also, it was needed and it was clarity. And so now I'm kind of trying to navigate how do I create distance while also still being kind and honoring that I do see a lot of beauty in this person. And I know they're working on their own journey and their own process and they're working on their healing, but I can't facilitate that or try to get them to fall in love with me in the process. I have to let them do their thing and I have to do mine. And so that's what I was saying. Yeah. You know, there's, there's three things that come up. One is it's such an interesting perspective too, because you are focused on the pattern within yourself, but then that's also the pattern within him, right? That's why it attracted. And by doing it for you, you're really also doing it for him, right? Because to keep leading him on, right? And to not ever get to go there. But then versus where you say, okay, no, I break the pattern. Sometimes what happens when one pattern breaks, the other one dies too. So we're, we're always doing with each other you know that's the i and i that's the we are one the i am you know everything yeah. is that these connections when they break they die so you could be ending that pattern for him and wouldn't it be a beautiful perspective if one day you chose to go down the path where the two connect and create a new connection right yeah you know through friendship and maybe one day you had this conversation and now we have a new connection and then they recognize that in the other cells. And then the cells began to shift and break away and start new connection, right? Yeah. End up with this like flower of life. Yeah. I, I hope so. I think right now he's kind of panicking because he noticed that I just, I'm not engaging as deeply. Like I'm still there. I'm still kind, but I'm not nearly as engaged. And he's quadruple, triple texting multiple times a day going, wait a minute. So if I see him, I'll probably be honest and be like, I realize that I like you too much to be friends with you. And I need to emotionally create some distance so that I can actually honor the relationship that we said we would have, which is friendship and not an easy conversation, but also one I'm not scared of having because I'd rather he know that I, you know, this is my pattern and I can't sit here and perpetuate it. Yeah, spirit dropped that on Monday in my meditation. I was like, Oh no, because it sucks. Like I really like this person, but I. What a brave move, though. What a brave, brave move. And when you're acting from bravery, you're acting from a place of higher consciousness of love, right? And so the, only the best is going to come from this, whether it's you two together as friends or as lovers or as business partners. I don't know, like whatever, <laughs> you know, painting partners. I don't know what y'all do in your free time, whatever it is, you know. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for listening. But yeah, the full moon, the full moon is most definitely coming in, providing a lot of clarity. So, okay, unconventional start, but hi, all, welcome to the Evolve podcast. My name is Sasha Andrianova. I'm your host, and I'm so excited to have Mel Carbuccia. You'll have to tell me whether or not I got that right. But Mel is a matriarch, a mother, a wife, 
and a graceful leader in conscious entrepreneurship. She's a mentor, a coach. She facilitates ceremonies. She holds space for so many. She has a wealth of wisdom and knowledge to offer, not only to her clients, to the people she holds space for and ceremonies for, but also in a training container. Not only is she taking the time to learn, but she's also offering her wisdom to everybody in this container. And this is none other than Ben Holtz Awakened Breath Facilitator and Conscious Business Training. And so I'm so grateful that we got connected through this training, which I'm coaching for, but I'd love for you to just introduce yourself, share anything I might've missed about who you are and what you're doing in the world. Hey, hi everyone. I'm now, yeah, I guess I am all those things that you said seem like a very long list. <laughs> My family's from Dominican Republic, first generation American culture. And yeah, my journey has been long and beautiful and, and deep and wide and all the things. So I'm excited. I'm really excited to have met you. And thank you so much for having me today and just seeing me. You know, I really appreciate that. It means a lot. Thank you for taking the time. I'm really excited. And I think one of the first things that stood out to me is when I was asking you about your intentions for the training, what made you join? You told me that you came to support Ben as a wellness entrepreneur, yourself being a veteran in this space and teaching and coaching others in this space. Ben was one of your connections from a former lifetime or earlier part of your life. And now you wanted to see him on his journey. And this just spoke to this mutually reinforcing circle of showing up for self, showing up for others in this space, which is so important. And so... I really wanted to ask from the beginning in your journey as a wellness entrepreneur, which started many, many years ago, was there anyone that supported you and gave you the belief and courage to then enter this space more deeply yourself and find your voice so early on when it was just developing? Wow, that is a deep, long question. Okay, I love it. Yeah, so my journey, you know, I feel like we come back to perspectives. You know, because perspective is really about awareness and awareness is really the practice of presence, right? So has anyone supported me? No. Everyone has supported me. Everyone, you know, everyone I encountered. Even the first lady that I met at Drug Emporium, it's like this big health food store here in Louisiana. And at the checkout counter and she's like, what? Why are you buying so many like superfoods? And I was like, and you know, I started telling her about my juice company and that I'd started, which was called Evolve. That's one of my big yeses to saying yes to this. So, but yeah, so I was like buying all these protein powders and superfoods, but like in bulk basically. And she's like, you probably get you a meeting with the manager and she can get you a discount on all the bulk stuff you're buying. And I was like, whoa, yes. And then, you know, my ex-husband's family, they owned a big giant vending company. But there was like one day a week where they had this big walk-in 20-foot cooler that was basically empty on this one day a week. And so I would go to Drug Emporium and like pick up all of my produce, you know, and stuff. And I'd be walking past the chips and the Cokes with my organic produce into the, the store, you know. And they later helped me buy my first Mama Jamma juicer, big juicer. And then to every customer I ever met at the farmer's market. And then... To the little boy that I nannied 12 years before that, and his family was really into science, and Google had just come out, and they were like, there's this thing called Google, and you can go there and search these things. Anyway, and so, like, them, 
you know, I have some vaccine injuries with that created some autoimmune diseases. It's specifically like psoriasis, dermatitis kind of things. And I was on Adderall and Ritalin growing up, you know, and like all those things, right? Like all of those people, every doctor that I saw, everything that we had to go through for all of that to today. If I wasn't sick, then I wouldn't be trying to heal myself with juice. So like no one, everyone. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And I think too, I'm in this place now where I'm so grateful to be meeting the people that I'm meeting in my life. And sometimes they come in as beautiful, big connections and then they fade or something happens and there needs to be some time apart before it can then blossom and become something new and come back into the connection that's possible. And I think sometimes taking space or really sitting with the grief that you might be feeling or the loss or the change in the connection during the time that it's reforming is equally as important as then having the beauty of the connection either in the beginning or as it changes. Because Sometimes we don't see the bigger perspective of how everything is going to come together. Every single person you meet, whether, you know, you're dating and you're meeting people on dates and maybe it's not the one, but later you're great friends with them or the people, the doctors who maybe prescribed you a medication, which you then had to get off of and introduce yourself to functional medicine through. There's so many ways that this whole web of life weaves together that you don't see. And I'm just filled right now. What's present with me is like immense gratitude for all the people. No matter how things knit out or things change, I'm so grateful for the people that I'm able to meet. And it sounds like you have this similar gratitude of every single person that I've met has supported my journey. And at the same time, I hear that you have catalyzed a lot of your experiences and a lot of the people that you've met. And you've taken aligned action in service of the life that you want because you can meet all these amazing people and never do anything about it and keep living the life that you are living. But if you want different, you have to move different. And I hear that you catalyze the relationships that you built to create the life that you have. So this leads me to, to have been a wellness entrepreneur and leader for so long, you must have cultivated like an unwavering belief in yourself. How would you describe your relationship with believing in yourself? Again, I think that goes back to perspective. What's coming into your awareness? You know, what are you willing to look at and what are you going to turn away from? If it's there, it's there. And once you see it, you can't unsee it, you know? So again, the practice is present. How present can I be when I'm trying to text a client and my daughter's, mommy, 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 look, mommy, 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 look. I'm like, see, here she comes now. She knows. Would you like to say hello? Well, hi, Rosa. Oh, you're beautiful. What's your name? Sasha. Mommy is doing what? Where does Rosa need to be? I don't know. Not in here. Please go. I love you. Oh, I'm going to start leveling up. Take a deep breath. In through the nose. Like that. Just like that. Like, it's actually, you know what? Exactly like Yeah. It was so beautiful watching you handle that. Your grace is something to be said for. Present. Present. But so, <laughs> present. So, 
building your belief in yourself has been a, a practice of oh, cultivating yeah. presence and cultivating. Yeah. Well, and less believing in myself because myself don't know. Can I curse? Yeah. Myself don't know shit. Myself don't know shit. It's always learning. It's always a child. And I just trust that whatever's happening is because somewhere along the path, I get to stop off in these, always, I've always gotten to stop off in these beautiful places. So like, okay, the woods might be a little bit dark, but might be a little bit scary, but we're going somewhere. It's just an adventure. Yeah. It may not be exciting, you know, I may not have a million dollar house, but I have a beautiful home and I, there's these beautiful six acres of land that we're turning into a retreat center for ceremonies and retreats and that kind of thing. The journey, it's really, I guess it comes back to the journey. It's just going forward and trusting. Like you ever see that movie Tangle? Yeah. It's about what the long braid and she follows the little, oh no, that's the wrong movie. It's Brave. The Irish girl, right? She follows these little like blue lights off into the woods. Whatever crumb is put in front of me. I mean, I have my goals that I set, you know, which I'm sure help to align those things so that I see the opportunity more clearly of when to target or like when to aim or where I'm going. Did that answer your question? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you brought up Tangled. It's funny how spirit leaves us messages in conversations because... I know that I'm bridging away from the questions, but I just love letting these conversations evolve as they do. But my two archetypes are tangled, like the woman with the long braid who just wants to see the love in the world and she's so giddy. And then I have the Elsa, which is the ice queen from Frozen. And she's like, while up, no one can see me. I'm better off alone. And I always navigate between well, you can these two. Too. I haven't seen it yet, but I... I always navigate between these two archetypes. And I think, as I mentioned at the beginning, with navigating how I'm going to put distance in this friendship that I have, I've been really worried about coming off as like an Elsa, coming off as a bad person. And so what I think that spirit just dropped through you is that, don't worry, you're still on the path to like being good and doing your best, navigating the situation with good intentions and with a kind heart. And so I appreciate you dropping that in it's a little message for me and i she doesn't go and watch frozen 2 yeah literally when i watched it i was like shocked i was like somebody working on this movie drank ayahuasca <laughs> like there's even a couple of songs i was like oh we should whip this on ceremony <laughs> anyway yeah go watch very good i will so you facilitate ceremonies for so many, and I've, I've sat in ceremonies, not ayahuasca, but with a combo and bufo and some other medicines, mostly psychedelics. But I want to hear from your perspective. You just, oh my gosh, you sat recently with combo. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I have the little dots on my arm. My mom was like, what are you doing? But my mom sat with ayahuasca a few weeks ago in Peru, so she... He's the one to talk. So I have a hard time describing their impact because I think different medicines serve in different ways. But I want to know from the lens of someone who facilitates ceremonies, do they help us? Like, what is your, your pitch or how would you describe a ceremony? Are you ready to look at some shit? Because if you're not, then it's not for you. For our group, we have a over an hour long vetting call that we go through and we gain a lot of insights, not just from them, 
about are they mentally and capably ready, but also what their stories are, because things happen in ceremony and we need to know how to help facilitate best towards the direction that they are going, right? We're trying to help them point their arrows at the right target. And so that's kind of the the start of that journey as far as preparing someone. So that would be like a vetting call. If I were to just meet someone, again, it's it's funny because we own a health food store and there are times that people come in and it doesn't happen often, but it happens when I'm there. And all of a sudden, somebody will literally bring up ayahuasca. And I'm like, that's not something you walk around talking to people about. You don't go to the grocery <laughs> store and like, take her off. Yes, that's why I walk through and like, what? Like, <laughs> not something that happens, you know? And for people to come into our store and say that, you know, it's like very funny. Yeah. I knew she called you here. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So with that, it's kind of a, it's a challenge, you know, it's a challenge. And then it's not. If it comes up, it's because she's calling you. If you've heard it multiple times from friends. It's probably because she's calling you. She's got some messages for you. And the other thing, too, is I find every tradition is very different and every lineage is different. You've hailed from Russia. I've hailed from Dominican Republic. But even within those countries in the transition here, families are going to have different traditions and different cultures and different thought patterns and ways that they go about things. Right. And so a lot of people do go down to Peru and it's it's a beautiful experience, but something that is really challenging with that aspect and, and what I've heard from the shamans down there as well is they serve us, but it's like the language and the constructs are different. And so, you know, down there, they live in a community where everyone's drinking. Everyone's doing their part in that work. And that is a literal, like, line, thread line in their core values and the ways that their society is structured, everything, right? And so you pluck somebody from the U.S. and all of the sickness and systems that we have here and the separation that we all perceive, you know, or is the majority of the reality. And you take them down there and then you give them some medicine and they come back. And you put them right back in the hole they were in. And yes, it does work kind of like when you add more fertilizer to the bottom of a plant, replant it in your other plants, and it's going to feed other plants. And it's going to nourish those things. But that plant might die because it's only being taken from, right? So it's really about integration. It's really about community. And that's what the medicine's really about. The medicine is just there to show you what you need to see. It's not going to heal you. It's not going to fix you. It's not going to do any of that. But it will show you. And you can choose whether you're going to be present with it every day. And so for us, in the way that we do our circles, is we sing medicine songs from around the world. And so we sing songs in English in your language so that you can not only hear us subconsciously and on the ethereal level, but in your consciousness. And we love people and we nurture them. You go down to Peru, they give you a cup and they walk away sometimes, like for hours, you know? We sit in a room together. We keep everyone close. We're caretaking you the whole time. 
there's a really big love. Like that's really our medicine is, is our love and our presence in the community. It's almost a container in which you are willing to let yourself be seen and loved while you see that which is deep buried within your subconscious, deep rooted things that maybe are busy lives. The screen exposure, the plans, the calendars, all those things, they're all distractions from deep truths that often live within us. And what it feels like to me, what you're describing is that these ceremonies offer us space to slow down, see what needs to be seen, and then reconnect with the power of being loved and seen in our truth. And maybe reconnect with the bravery that it might take to act on some of those truths that we see. And I'm curious to get your perspective on when we are revealed certain truths in our lives, whether that's in the ceremony or in a meditation, how do we know when to act on it? Because I think sometimes we want to manically try to fix everything that we see. We're like, oh, I realize this thing and I need to fix it and I need to change it. But sometimes that's just the ego going, okay, now do something about it instead of just being. And so where's that balance between honoring the wisdom that we receive and realizing when the ego is getting in the game of trying to get you to do something or change something or fix something? So basically everything since the Big Bang, right, is contracting, right? It's all coming and everything's landing as it should, and it makes this firm earth that then provides life and then provides growth and all of these things, right? So like, I don't really see things as ever falling apart. Everything's always falling together. But then the other part of that is action. And action is really intention, right? And our intention affects on the quantum level what happens. And intentions can be layered. So like you said, there's these root core actions that are layered within even our current conscious intention, right? And so as we put out intention and we become more aligned and fix those other things, the more directly we get to what it is that we're looking for, okay? The more directly we are attracting and aligning the pathways for those things to come to us and us towards it. Some of this is the manifestation stuff I work on with people as well, but I find that that is a fundamental reality. That's how things work. Mm. They come together. And when something moves out the way, it's because something else is coming to take its place. You know, so if we can let things go, then new things will come into place. And if we stay like a child, you know, if you ever worked with a baby, you can change their toys out. You can see when they get bored with the toy and then you can change it out and then they're totally enamored with this new thing. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter if it's a pencil or a paper or, you know, like a, a fluffy cotton ball, they're going to be interested in it. And so the action is being back to the child, being curious about the next step, the next thing. What is it? Ooh, explore it. Get to know it. Okay. Ooh, didn't like that thing. Oh, new thing. Okay. What's this thing all about? Okay. Okay. I like this thing. It's cool. But what's next? Okay. <laughs> you know, like, you going. And so when do you take action? Was that your other question? Yeah. I guess when do you 
know that when you're done, I guess it's just, for example, like in my last few ceremonies, I get the call to move, to leave New York. And the minute I tried doing it, I'm like fighting my management company, fighting my employer, fighting all these different entities, figuring out how I'm going to finance a move. And I'm like, is that just a reaffirmation that I meant to move at the end of my lease and not in the middle of my lease? Or am I not honoring what spirit is telling me? Is my ego wanting to do it now? Or is it a genuine call to do it now and not later? Well, if you do it now or you do it later, it's still the future. Yeah. And the day it happens, whether you made it happen or spirit made it happen, that's when you're supposed to do it. Yeah. Kind of the feel like the question you're really trying to ask me right now is how do I accept that truth? And how do I know when to push a little harder? And it comes back to the same answer. The day you push a little harder and the day it happened is the day it happened. And you can also get to a different perspective that says, well, I really want to make this happen because of X, Y, Z. And I want to go now. And you do it. And it's great. Or you do it. And it's not great. Did I do it too early? Well, did I do it too late? Or should I move five? You know, like, then you're living in the past. And so either way, you're really living in a place that's not right here, right now. Yeah. And it comes down to, okay, if I make the call right now and see if I can speedy this process along and get in all these battles, what if the question is really, is the battle worth it? Do I really want to push? And if you know, then you keep pushing. If it feels good to push, then push. If it feels yeah. good to sit down, sit down. Yeah. What's your present moment telling you? What's your presence telling you? Do you feel tense about having to push? Or do you feel like, oh, if I don't push, it's okay right now? Yeah. It goes and back it, and forth. <laughs> yeah. And so in, in the moment you feel like pushing, you push a little bit. And when you don't, you're like, yeah, I'm not doing that. And every little push, it's going to go a little more forward. So inevitably, it's going to happen, whether it's now or in six months. So it doesn't, it doesn't mean that nothing's happening. And it's, it doesn't mean that you're not honoring spirit's wishes. It just means that you are letting things come together in the way that they're meant to and honoring how you feel in this present moment, whether that is in pursuit of wanting to push or take a break and it's all okay is what i'm hearing not spirit or self spirit is self which is why when we slow down and we feel what we're feeling whatever we're feeling is what spirit's feeling for us in that moment that's supposed to be our action thank you and i know that your spirit right now is calling for a little bit of a change and i'd love to just hear how you're navigating that as much as you're willing to share yeah, thank you for asking. So I'll get a little context, I guess. So I have been a business conscious entrepreneur coach for about a year and a half, two years, maybe a little bit longer than that. Kind of was accidentally doing it prior when I had my juice company, going in and helping set up other juice companies and that kind of stuff. It was great and I loved it. And then it started to become more in alignment of 
spirit's calling for me, even though I didn't see myself that way. So I'm like, how could I possibly step into those shoes when that's not me? You know, still battling the, well, but if you're feeling called to it, it is you. That's why you're called to it, you know? Anyway, I ended up shutting down my juice company after 10 years and stepped away. And my husband and I bought a house two hours away from our health food store and it's out in the country. And it, it was a lot to try to manage the juice company, which was two hours away from our health food store where we were living. So it was like always driving back and forth. So I started doing business consulting and it was really great. And I've connected with a lot of breath work and health practitioners just because I had the juice company for so long. So we were always here in town. We had this big park called Monkus Park and it used to just be the horse farm. And I was the first one to like host free yoga out there on Saturdays during the farmer's market, you know, and everybody would come and do yoga with us. And it was like a really great thing. Leave my booth for an hour to go teach you crazy stuff. Anyway, so we started sitting with our circle again in the last few years, and it's been coming together and just this beautiful, organic, no stress, no anxiety, just pure ease, which medicine work is not easy. And we do have our challenges. They are deep, but they're more like, yes, come in deeper. Yes, come in deeper. I know this is a hard one. Come in deeper. So that journey has begun. And then we started doing women's circles totally by accident. Like, I love the 8-8 gate for setting intentions and goals for the year. And every year, whatever I set literally happens. It's so amazing. So I was like, oh, I'm going to have this event. I'm going to call it the Women's Portal. And got a couple of girlfriends in. And we hosted it. And we booked out. So then all the women are like, when's the next one? What's the next one? I was like, oh my God, okay. We'll do one in two months. So add another one. And it was so beautiful. The second one was just like, we had a DJ playing like conscious music for the dance section at the end. And we had this beautiful gates that we had made for the portal area and flowers all around. And everybody said their intentions and wrote them down. And we buried them in the ground like seeds and fired away. We had a little fire, even though we were in the middle of a fire band. I was like, we haven't fired night. <laughs> and so the fire was going and they were dropping all the things that were blocking them into the fire and just watching it go up. And it was just like a stunning, beautiful evening. And so since then, the women are ready to gather again and all this stuff. And we have decided to have a few retreats this year for people to come to where we'll go and stay. So one's at the beach and then the next one's going to probably be in Spain. We'll go there and we'll visit some portals in the area, do all the lovely things of rituals and just self-care and loving and healing all those sisterhood wounds and like all that stuff. And so... We're really, really excited. And so that just sort of took off. And so we were like, okay, let's keep going then. And so in the fall, fall equinox, we are going to have our first festival. And we're only going to allow 100 women. And there will be workshops all day long. All the food will be catered in. I'm still finalizing the location, but it'll definitely be here in Louisiana. And it's going to be amazing. So that's where I'm headed with those two things, which are very sure things. And then I have this third thing. My conscious entrepreneurship work, I've loved it. And I've loved working with my clients. 
and in a recent reflection, I love the the getting stuff done part. Like I'm a let's get it done. Come on, let's do it. Like let's figure it out. I'm that kind of person, or I tap into that energy often. I should say, I'm able to help a lot of people with setting up their businesses, setting up their systems, making their trellises so that they can flourish and grow. I'm able to not, I love that. My ego loves it, but the deep me, it's not like, oh yeah, I'm so excited to just help you like get your Google Sheets up and running and like your forms together and like all that stuff. Like, (laughs) okay, let's go do the next. I don't treat it like that when I'm in the client call, of course, but that's what it is. You know, it's just not my purest form of joy. And I'm stepping into a place in my life where I've spent my whole time in a rat race. I want to enjoy it. Yeah. I want to be in the joy realm. You know what I mean? In joy realm. And so where I was last night and on our call was I'm watching Ben and all the lovely like stuff that he put together for the, you know, the mastermind part and like the business accelerator part of his course. And it's a lot of the stuff that I have in my course, honestly. Mm-hmm. A little different, more of a spiritual aspect to it because there's some things that I would remove just because I feel like my system is called flourish and rest. Let me explain that. And it's for women specifically because we follow these rhythms, right? And with these rhythms, we are really able to know when to flourish and when to rest because the system of like the 10X and you got to send five emails a week and you got to post three times a week and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, no, I don't have to feed these people all the time. Matter of fact, I find the less I communicate with people and the less emails I send, the more opens I get, the less posts I make the more attention that one post gets. Everybody's getting spammed. So if you're always in their face, you're going to lose them anyway. Absence makes not the heart grow fonder, but makes the pieces whole again. Allows you to develop a newer relationship, a deeper relationship with your clients who are following you. And so, and I find because of that, like I'm always booking out. Don't have a lot of free time on my schedule. Always got clients and I've always got opportunities and all these things are happening. So it's really a choice, you know, at the end of the day. But to bring it back, I'm in this challenge because I've kind of committed to doing the Flourish and Rest Beta program. And we have people who want to do it and they're committed. But I'm feeling like, is this really where I want to invest my time? Because once I do the beta program, I'm going to have to do another, another. And is this another flower of life that I want to add on to my garden that I'll have to tend to. I'm feeling like maybe I busted it out too early and I need to hold, but I hate letting people down because I am a person who shows up because I like people who show up and that's the energy that I want to receive. So that's the energy I'm going to give, but also taking that to the next level, which is the vessel. My vessel has really been struggling because I love doing so many things and I don't take care of my vessel. And it's saying, you got to drop it. What you're doing is too much. You're not 30 years old, picking up 50 pound bag of carrots over your shoulder. (laughs) And that's also me coming out of my daughter's really young phase and not working as much physically, you know, and moving around. And yeah, it's like a really big challenge because I don't want to let anyone down. And then it comes back to perspective, awareness, 
presence. With the beta program, I know you mentioned that if you do the beta program, then you have to do the next one and have to do the next one. I was curious about your use of the language, have to, have to do this. Can I ask why the beta program, just seeing, letting it birth and then setting it aside, why that doesn't feel like available? So what you're talking about right now is the pinpoint of where my arrows bent. And it's a great place for people to see when they have that moment, right? When we say the word have, which you did pick up on, is if you have to, then it's out of alignment because otherwise the energy would just flow. And that's one of the reasons that is stopping me from going forward with it because I don't want to face the fact that I start something and it doesn't turn into a big success because I'm a successful person. And as a successful person, everything you do is successful. <laughs> and now we're talking to Melody's ego. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's received. And this is interesting because it almost kind of bridges into your quote on Instagram about everyone talks limiting beliefs. I prefer to approach it as a limited perspective. There are a lot of hooks in our language that keep us feeling stuck. In some sense, this feels like, you know, I'll call it a limited perspective in that everything I do must be successful. And if I just do beta, it has to grow because otherwise it wasn't successful. And my identity, my ego's identity is that of a successful person. So I'd love to just talk through why you reframe limiting beliefs as limited perspective and how this might apply to where you are right now. Yes, exactly. Limiting perspective is more of like the solution to limiting beliefs. When you're standing outside and it's really cold, you put a jacket on. If you're standing outside and it's really hot, then you'll take the jacket off, right? Depending on where we are at, we feel like it's a belief, which is where I have been, what I'm processing. Instead of looping around that over and over and over again, I get to use the tool of it's a perspective. And the one that you shared is exactly right. Why well, couldn't just it be this like, one-off thing that I do, or any number of other things. Maybe it does become something later, something totally different. Maybe somebody wants to take it over. Who knows? Or maybe it just helps those 10 women. Massive impact. That's the crux. That's where I'm at. So I think using the tools, and that's where, for me, a lot of words really matter. Your words are pure magic. And if you misuse them, they're black magic. And black magic is not always intentional but it is used in our language. It's embedded into our language. Oh, I understand that. Okay, so you just agree to stand under someone else's conception of something versus I understand that. I understand your experience, what you're actually saying. You know, so many words, so many words. Like you have to earn a living, you know, you have to earn like an urn that you put cremations in. Good morning as if you're mourning something, you know? And there's just so many, there's so many things that we say, realize, or to see with real eyes what's actually happening. I find that just like you found in our conversation by being so present and listening so well, they're so centered. You could hear the words that I express that are showing my misalignment. And as a good sister and reflect there you are <laughs> and now I get to be fully aware of it instead of just 
maybe partially aware. Thank you for letting me reflect back. I mean, I saw you light up when you spoke to your purest form of joy and wanting to live in joy and embody joy. And I think that that's such an amazing perspective for everyone listening of like, what makes you feel joyful? What is your purest form of joy and choosing more opportunities to go there? I think it can be challenging when you're in a job that doesn't feel joyful, but can you find the joy in moments in your job or start to craft a path to get away and move towards something that's in greater alignment? It's all about how you relate to the things that you're doing, creating and crafting an internal experience that feels of service. And if you do have the freedom to choose, you know, not just how you relate to something, but choose something different, then choose it. Because that's what we can do in this life is just work on our internal experience. And the minute that something external to you affects your internal experience, it's an opportunity to learn from it and to see where you might not be um, honoring yourself or maybe you could use words in a more meaningful way to create that internal experience. Yeah, I think presence too is like one of those things that kind of short circuits you because it's like, well, what am I feeling right this second? I'm cold right this second. My husband keeps turning the heater off. What are you feeling in every moment and then expressing that? And expression isn't always speaking, right? Expression is also silence. That was our silence. Good job. Anyway, but to feel in joy, we spell the word E-N, joy. But, it, you know, I think about being I enjoy, I-N, enjoy. And like, it's every moment. Like today I was on a call and whoever's like helping with corporation documents, they're like in a super goofy mood. So like their, their names are like really funny. Yeah. And I'm like, God, they're in like such a good mood. Funny names, you know? I find that when I'm not enjoying myself, it's because I've gone too deep in myself. Yeah. And I just have to like put my focus on someone else, whether they're having a terrible time and I find that hilarious or whether they're having a time and they're really enjoying that too. You know, like when you somebody puts music on and it's not really the music you like, but they are jamming, loving it. And you're like, okay, I love it too. I mean, I don't love it, but I love you right now. This is amazing. You know? Yeah. I find with work, it's how can you get real with the people at work? And that's part of the medicine work, just the integrating these people back into their experience in reality. Because they're around people who are just like, angry and pissed off and like they don't want to go there how can you bring them back to their humanity sometimes it's just a couple of seconds of looking at them in their eyes and right before they pull away being like hi yeah sometimes it's as much as oh wow i really like your watch just to get them to like look at you for a second and then you know like at work a person who's always a jerk hey i hope you have a great day today lady at the grocery store she's always got a name tag always always got a name tag Say her name to her. Remind her who she is. And we do that. We do that in every moment. Because we're present. Not to say that my ass don't go to the gas station and get all frustrated because I left my car and so I have to use my cash. So I got to go inside. My daughter's in the car and I walk the car. So nobody take her. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. Okay. Can we just. Hi, Carol. Thank you. Okay. Here's my, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like that. That's that moment. That's what those moments look like. Yeah. I'm just thinking back to like when you're having a hug with somebody, you see someone for the first time in a while and you're hugging them and 
one person might pull away because they're so excited to talk to them instead of just staying in the hug, like staying in the moment. You know, one person pulls away too soon, but you're just reminding me of like, stay in that moment, stay in the hug. I know what I do. I just pull them in a little bit closer and I'm like, I'm just so excited to see you. It's such an important reminder to stay in the moment because that's all you have is right now. And when you tune into the moment, you tune into what feels good for you. And in that way, you're honoring spirit because I love what you said. Spirit is soul. Love what you said there. It's like when you tune into what's present for you, your soul, you're honoring spirit and you are letting everything come together as exactly as it's supposed to. Thank you so much. That was so beautiful. Is there anything else that you're feeling called to share? You said something about you don't have every moment. You know, you don't have forever. Like you only really have the moment. Today, this morning, I just found out that, so James and I, we had a buckskin hide tanning workshop here, like learning to honor the animal. And anyway, we had one of the people that came, came all the way from Arkansas. He drove all the way down South Louisiana for this workshop. His name is Bruce, and he died this morning. The workshop was only a few weeks ago, yeah. you know, and it was just wild to think. I just saw him. Yeah. Just saw it. He was just here, you know, doing all the manual labor that it takes to tan a hide. Yeah. And there's that moment where like, oh, it's gone. But then there's the moment of this girl that I used to know. Her name is Callie. And I hadn't seen her in seven years. I hadn't thought of her months, years, maybe, I don't know. But I thought of her the other day and like just a few days ago. And the next morning I found out that she'd passed away. And so they're never really gone. I got the message from her heart to my heart. Their experience continues on. Doesn't stop. This is a temporary lapse of memory on this plane where our egos love to hang out. But memory doesn't go anywhere. You know, in Frozen, they talk about how water holds memory. That's in the second one. It's just a little <laughs> And it's true. You know, Dr. Moto's work is like super popular, but it holds memory. It holds everything. We are all one and memory is always there. All of it. Always. In all ways. That's all I have to say. Thank you. And so I much. have to say thank you. Thank you so much. This podcast is wonderful. And the people you've had on have been wonderful. I'm honored to be interviewed amongst them. And I really love your presence. Thank you. Thank you. Means a lot. Letting it land. Feeling it. Thank you so much for sharing. I know it, it's raw and it's real for you and it's present. And I really, really deeply appreciate you opening and sharing your heart and sharing it with me and with everybody listening. It's an honor to bear witness to your process, and I'm really grateful. I hope everybody gets to use side of it. And I'm sending a lot of love from my heart to yours as you navigate this, because it's not easy. Even when you know the way, it's like, oh, okay, now I got to do it. And just because you don't like it or it's not easy doesn't mean it's not the way. But thank you so much, Mel. So nice talking to you. You too, darling. Bye.